Welcome to the Griot Journal's Coming Home Podcast, the sacred space where we embark on a transformative journey of self-discovery, community building, and holistic healing. I am your host, Dr. Marion Jefferson, and I invite you to join us as we delve deep into the tapestry of human connection, the power of storytelling, and the healing arts. Together, we'll explore the profound wisdom that guides us on our quest to truly come home to ourselves, our communities, and the world around us. Let's embark on this enriching voyage together. So the cognitive aspect of the therapy would be them researching it themselves to learn about it. Mm-hmm. how how it fits into their everyday lives, going to shop for it, right? Um, and then you talked about breath work earlier uh, and you mentioned the box breathing. Can you unpack that a little bit for our listeners? Yes. So the box breathing is a technique used a lot of times when we are in crisis. And I also challenge my clients to do it when you are not in crisis. Why is that? Because one, we're in crisis, we don't really remember our tools, right? Because our brain is in a different space that is not able to rationalize things. And so it goes into crisis space. But when we can regularly practice it, it also becomes a regular tool. It's automatic. Absolutely. It's just autopilot. Practice makes what? Progress. Progress. Not perfect. Yes. (laughs) Um, So... We, um, a lot of times, depending on what my client is is dealing with, and if it's a part of their treatment plan, I make that a part of the treatment plan. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the session, we practice, and there's different ways to do this. So the common way is breathe in slowly four seconds, hold for four seconds, purse your lips, breathe out slowly for four seconds. And we practice that. And then you have like, you can breathe in for five seconds, hold for six seconds, exhale for seven seconds. And I tap at a tempo because we'll like, one, two, three, four, and then, you know, blow it. And it's like, no, no, no. We, I want to teach them how to intentionally breathe in and imagine what are you breathing in? Are you bringing in calmness? Are you bringing in, breathing in clarity? Are you breathing in peace? Are you breathing in like, please help me not to, you know, go on this lady. Like, what is the thought that we are, we can hold on to that we can inhale and then we hold on to that thought and then we exhale whatever that, that piece that may be holding back. So, cause a lot of times it helps we have a visual so that we can have like some purpose and intention to it. So just teaching an intentional breath and that skill helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of times in working with, with patients, it helps to give them uh, an analogy or maybe even an experience that they can tap into as as uh, it relates to the importance of the breath. Do you mm-hmm. do that? And how do you help them to see that? Well, perfect with what you said, just the importance of the breath. And I talk a lot about our nervous system and, you know, just to get a little science I I just teach about how a lot of times we are dysregulated internally, like our organs and our actual uh, biological systems and how disrupted they can become and how that breath 
brings all of those systems a sense of rhythm and um like synchronicity to bring them back together because when we're in crisis like our mind is working fast our heart is beating fast our like stomach is churning right like we we feel like we're just losing control like arms are probably moving and we yelling and shaking and you know like the breath just brings some control over some things and just as we are like you know lifting up like that teapot that breath kind of keeps that so that we can start to like decompress. Yeah. Yeah. Are there other exercises that you use with people who have difficulty? Because I work with people who swear up and down. I cannot do that. <laughs> you know, they're really tense because of the barrier with regard to how they think about this change and integrating this something new because they've been holding on um, to that other way of coping so purpose purposefully, even though it may not be uh, healthy, is what they know and they feel safe and secure in that. Mm -hmm. Can you walk us through one of those exercises, one of those breathing exercises? Like the box breathing? Mm -hmm. Okay. So also to know we are box breathing, because when I, when I tell my clients, we're going to breathing, they like, they're like, oh, okay, beautiful. I passed. And I'm like, okay, we're going to practice like the deep belly breathing, not the chest breathing, but more of like our diaphragm, like feeling our ribs fanned out. So I have them to sit up straight like we are doing, putting your hands on the side for women. It's like kind of right below where the bra strap would, would be. And then for men, at that upper part of our, our ribs on the side. And when you breathe to feel your belly with air. so. When you start to inhale in your nose, you're going to slowly inhale for four seconds and feel you expand your diaphragm. So we can, we'll start with that and then we'll hold for four seconds and then release. You will purse your lips like this, like you're about to whistle and you will slowly release the breath. So I will keep count and then we can practice. Expanding our diaphragm, holding for four seconds, releasing for four seconds, and we'll do that three times. Mm -hmm. Our third round, you will find I will slow the tempo just okay. to make sure that we're really getting it. Okay, so ready? Am I breathing through my mouth? No, you're breathing through your nose. Breathing through my nose. Okay. Yes. Ready? Ready? Let's go. Inhale. Two, three. Four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four. Another inhale, two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four. Last one, inhale, two, three, four, hold, two. Three, four, exhale, two, three, four. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I, I love, again, going back to intentional. The change was starting at a certain rhythm, and you gave us that rhythm. You gave us that beat, mm -hmm. right? And which is internal to all of us. We have that, that, that heart. Mm -hmm. It's a beat that we carry with us. Yes. Even the blinking of the eyes, that's yes. a rhythm, 
Okay. And sometimes you can hear it in your ears mm-hmm. and when you're really in tune. And then all of that comes together mm-hmm. can be intentional. And mindfulness is just being in that one place, paying attention to that one moment that you're in, yes. internalizing all that that is and just kind of sitting with that. Yes. And it does take practice, doesn't it? Yes. And like you said, that helps to just not be on our own beat of the drum, which can be like one, two, three, four. I breathe, I exhale, and it didn't work, right? I get there for class. Like I did that breathing stuff, it didn't work. But then when I'm having them clap with me, even when you're not with me, this is what you hear just in the background. Like, how is your breathing? So that they can get on that tempo and not force the tempo to be on where yeah. they are. <laughs> I like that. So, you know, independence is, very important, but when we're practicing in the healing in the space of the healing arts, we sometimes need that connection for sure. When, you, when you're practicing that and you and they leave your space, they take you with them mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. you've practiced, yeah. So yeah. that connection and whatever, whoever, whomever they are connected to, mm-hmm. they're sharing you with them as well. Yes, that's beautiful. It keeps on giving. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and we never know how far that goes. Right. Yeah. That's cool. So you said earlier that you practice with them so that when they are not with you, that they are able to do this themselves. Are there other things that you ask them to do as far as skills and, and integrative practice so that they are continuing to build on those skills and become more effective in the use of those skills? Something that I found helpful and I used to joke like I used to tell my clients I I want us to get to a point of when you're out and something happens you think like what will Paulisha do like WWPD but then I transitioned that to what is the story that you want to have the ability to tell me when you come into session mm-hmm. and because we it, I'm really big building empowerment and I want you to feel good about yourself And for us to learn ways we can feel good about ourselves. So when we can hear the story and hear the actions and behaviors that we do, we have to tell someone else this story. What do we want to tell them? And so a lot of them, you know, of course, our clients are like, well, I'm so sorry. Like, don't be mad at me. I did. And I'm like, oh, no, it's none of that. Like, I will never feel that. But I challenge them up. How do you want to feel when you come into session? Because if it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I did a bad thing. Then it's like, well, let's talk about bad thing. Like, what makes it bad for you? So when they come in and they're like, you would be so proud of me. And I'm like, what happened? Like, and I'm already proud of you because you came into session, good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, but what happened? And for them to feel good about themselves because they imagine, I'm going to tell my therapist this. Yeah. Like my like the questions I'm gonna ask, right? It's like, oh, what could we have done better? And, and when I ask it, they, some of them are like, I already know what you're gonna say. Like, how could I could have reacted differently? And so, but that's good. I want to know what I'm gonna say, mm-hmm. so that you to yourself can say, how can I react different than how I normally react in this situation? Mm-hmm. So taking at first, it's like, what will police should do? Because if you Use my brain, right? Like you can take a piece of me when you leave. Well, so you're modeling in that way. You're modeling for them. Yes, for sure. And then it turns 
to what what can I do to impact a positive outcome on this situation? That like that shift is just very powerful. I feel so good when that happens. I'm just so proud of them because that is the mindfulness. That is the awareness. That is the like pause. Let me process and then proceed. With the pause, I also was called the three P's, which are the, as you can tell, I'm obsessed with the letter P. I wonder why. Is the pause, process, proceed, which is also a stop skill in DBT. Not with me, because now I've said it, I can't even remember. Um, Like taking a step back and assessing and processing. That's Yeah, the, that's good. We can go over that. So the, the, yes. It's literally, uh, literally an acronym. So the S is for stop everything. Yes. T is for yeah, and A is for O. I'm sorry, O is for observe, observe. Yeah, is proceed. Absolutely. So, in another observation is important. So, when they're observing, are they observing themselves? They observing the world around them. What are they observing? All everything. Everything. So back to that mindfulness, right? The external, yes, because yes. a lot of times we disconnect from our body signals that it gives. Mm-hmm. If we're sweating, breathing hard, breathing heavy, breathing fast, talking heavy, taking shallow breaths, like if we are, we feel, and then we continue to 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 act. Right. And so I want to teach them like just pause, just like hold on, and like process okay what is going on like it's okay like this person is upsetting me because they are saying this like let's talk about the facts right ddt talks about the evidence of what's going on and the, the evidence is also within our reacting in this situation and then how can we proceed best like whether it is i just need a break give me two minutes I can take a deep mindfulness no matter where I am. I tell them the freest tool that you have is taking a deep breath. There's 12 seconds of breathing that you would have done anyways, mm-hmm. but you slow it down and make it intentional. And yeah. that is free and accessible any moment. Yeah. I like to make it make sense as well because sometimes we overcomplicate things. And I, I like to tell the story of uh, my baby sister and remembering when she would be upset because that was my orientation to things that were out of control. The first thing that I recognized that was out of control was her when she was upset. And the first thing that I remember she always stopped doing was breathing. And she mm. was scream, scream, scream. Mm-hmm. And then that took away her breath. Right. And mm-hmm. then she would take that big breath. You know how the babies do? Right. Yeah. 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 I'm about to bring it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We've all we've all been there. Absolutely. And then after everything was over, what did she do? She took a and nap. She, yeah. Because they were exhausted. And yeah. think about like that nervous system, right? That cardiovascular that's working, that nervous system is like. Like, and now we're like, they're really going to bring it down. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so the focus is to realize that your body is giving you a signal that you do really do need to take that time out. 
And you can be in control of that. So you don't get to the place where we're just talking about screaming and hollering. And that literally is is literal because many of us, when we're overstimulated, which isn't just um, something that happens with people who are living with attention deficit hyperactive disorder, we can all have the potential to be overstimulated, which is where the stop comes in and the box breathing. And there are other breathing techniques and We'll get into that on another show. But all of these skills built over time uh, can be very helpful. Are, are there other ways that family and friends or people that they are close to can also help support them in the use of these skills, the practice of these skills? Yes, I encourage my clients to communicate to their circle what they are working on and communicating it when they're not upset. Because a lot of times it's when we get upset, then it's like, you know what? I told my therapist I wouldn't cuss at nobody. Today, so I'm not going to cuss you out. It's like, well, tell them that when you're not already on the verge of going off on them. Um, like, tell, because we, as calm as we want to be when approaching and using and practicing our skills, we want the other people to be calm too so they can be receptive. And then when we get into that mode of crisis or, just feeling agitated, it's easy to identify the root of it. Yeah. And I, at this moment, I'm trying to practice my skill, identify the root and calmly communicate, but I'm not calm at all. And I'm trying to communicate. And that that equation just doesn't work out to a good solution. So when they are in my sessions and they're like, okay, I'm going to work on that. Okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to work on that. And they get excited, but then they leave. And sometimes they can forget everything. But the more that they are talking about it, like talking to their spouses or talking to their children and talking about therapy, like telling their story about therapy. Yeah. And incorporate that. You know, like when you're when your kids will come home and they're like, and we did this and we did this, and a pound equals this much. And I learned that this equals much and when they're when they're talking that way they are incorporating it they're excited about it so when they come to a challenge of it they're able to just slide that that knowledge in so yeah repetition strengthens and confirms yes i love that quote yes i love that quote absolutely yeah the more you do a thing the more you're internalized that process the more it becomes second nature to you Absolutely. And then that old behavior kind of gets, you know, replaced in a sense with something yeah. else. That's why times like I talk to my clients about regression and explain to them, you'll find even when you do those old behaviors, there's no connection to them. They don't even feel as familiar as they as they did because we started practicing something new. Yeah. I think um to push back just a little bit, I think it's important, even though we have learned a new thing, that those things still exist within us, which is where that mindfulness and that intentionality comes in. Because sometimes people are very disappointed when they begin to see a resurgence of, of um, you know, the behaviors of the past. But that's still a part of our record. That's still a part of our, because our bodies are responding mm-hmm. to the stresses, whether we're experiencing those externally or internally. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know what we know. So, yes, we can apply those new skills, but sometimes we we are reacting. Yes, that's OK, too, because okay. we're doing the best we can with what we have. Absolutely. In the moment. 
Absolutely. And we're human. And we're human. And again, the fact that my clients can even think of the skill and not use it, I'm like, that's amazing. Because there was a time that a, a thought, a thought, a mindset didn't even drift that way because they felt this is the only way that I can exist. Um, and especially with like our trauma clients, right? Like just those are automatic type of behaviors. And when we can, it's that mindfulness I feel that helps to override. Like, you know, when you have the 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 dashboard of functionality, but you have that one override button to push that can really shut everything down. And that is mindfulness. It's like, oh, you know what? Mindful. And it's like, okay, now I can really look at things and see what's going on. And sometimes that mindfulness is the override button for okay. the, the dashboard. What is that? That's that uh, Office Max button, right? Yeah, <laughs> and it's red. Yeah, it's a perfect analogy. green, pink. Just tap it. Just Whatever you need. That's where, right. Where is that button at? Let's <laughs> visualize it. It's there. Absolutely. You have a control. Like mm-hmm. dashboard intimidates you because all these buttons and play. you got that one button though that can like really shift the whole dashboard. Yeah. So find it and use it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Grio Journal's Coming Home Podcast. We hope the stories and insights shared here have touched your heart and soul. Remember, the journey to self, community, and healing is ongoing, and we're here to accompany you every step of the way. If you've been inspired by today's episode, please subscribe, share, and stay connected. Until next time, may your path be illuminated by the light of connection, storytelling, and holistic healing. This is Dr. Marian Jefferson signing off, reminding you that your home is where your heart finds its deepest resonance.